You're listening to Pixels in Flesh, an Anderson Dexter novel, written and read by M. Darusha Wayne. For more information, visit darusha.ca. Chapter 4 Get down! Dex felt the full weight of Rene Biagini on him as the other man hauled them both to the ground. Screams and the sound of panic surrounded them, but Dex didn't see any indication that whatever had occurred was near them. He extricated himself from under Biagini and carefully looked around. The crowds of people in the plaza had dispersed, but otherwise Dex couldn't see anything obviously untoward. Dex was getting his breathing under control when his heart rate leapt up again at the sight of Annabelle running from the front door of Liberté. He scrambled to his feet and ran toward her, ignoring the sound of Biagini's protests. "'Are you okay?' they both shouted as they neared each other, then collided in a tight embrace. I'm fine, Dex got out first. You? He could feel Annabelle nod, and then she pulled away from him. I couldn't tell how close it was, she said. Training just kicked in, I guess. Annabelle had briefly been in the military, when she'd worn a different body, and hadn't yet understood that it was the flesh that needed to change, rather than her sense of who she was. It had been a lifetime ago, but the training was designed to become automatic, and this wasn't the first time she'd acted without thinking. It always affected her badly. Dex watched her closely as the adrenaline wore off, and as she began to tremble he led her to the bench where Biagini now sat, his eyes unfocused as he doubtlessly was online trying to learn what had happened. Dex helped Annabelle sit, and once she had her head between her knees and was breathing evenly, he went online himself. The news feeds scrolling across his vision didn't tell him anything useful. It was either information he already knew or dangerously wild speculation. Political terrorists... Renegade streeters, rival firms. All plausible enough, but it was too soon for any of those theories to be proved. But nothing boosted a media stream's readership like a juicy catastrophe. The more incendiary, the better. He paged over to the internal communications network for Larson's squad. It was one of the decentralized units that made up a global network of security personnel who dealt with issues that the firm's internal security forces wouldn't address. Each unit acted more or less independently, but they shared information and resources. Dex quickly scrolled through the real-time descriptions and images from the scene. Do they know what happened? Annabelle's voice was muffled. It was the power bank at De Gaulle, Biagini said, referring to a small park several blocks away. Don't know if it was deliberate or not. The large blocks of batteries which stored solar, wind, and tidal energy were generally safe, but nothing is foolproof. The power bank, Annabelle said, slowly sitting up. Surely that would have just been a pop and a fire. We'd never have heard it all the way here. Dex scanned through the reports. Someone here thinks that the power bank went off and the resulting fire spread to some construction materials being stored nearby, which was what actually detonated. It looks mighty suspicious, Biagini said. Maybe, Dex shrugged. If I were trying to blow up a block of Nice, I don't think I'd rely on a power bank overcharging for my detonator. Uh, fellas, Annabelle said, and Dex looked over to her face, which was ashen. Casualties? Oh, honey, I'm sorry, Dex said. I forgot that you're not seeing what we're seeing. He sat next to her and took her hand. It doesn't look like there's anything serious. A few scrapes and bruises. One person got burned, but it's nothing a few hours in a med clinic won't solve. She let out a breath and seemed to deflate, but a bit of color came back to her cheeks. Well, that's good news at least. Now we have to hope it stays that way, Renee said darkly. What do you mean? Dex asked. Everything has been contained on the scene. 
Biagini shook his head. I'm not talking about de Gaulle, he said. People are afraid. And between being afraid and some of the ridiculous things I'm seeing on the feeds, well, I just hope that no one decides that this is something that needs to be avenged, he frowned. Or copied. Dex took Annabelle up to their apartment and spent a few minutes fussing over her. I'm fine, she protested after a third offer of food and shot him a glare. What I really need now is a bit of peace and quiet. That meant solitude. Being left alone was the last thing in the world Dex would have wanted if he'd had her reaction, but he'd learned a long time ago that the trick wasn't to treat people the way you wanted to be treated. It was to treat them the way they wanted to be treated. I hear you, he said, and gave her a quick kiss on the cheek. Ping me if you need anything. She nodded, a visible look of relief on her face as Dex stepped into the hallway. That reaction would never stop hurting, but he knew that wasn't the intent. As it was, Dex didn't want to be on his own, so he checked into the local squad as he spiraled down the left. He didn't expect they needed more bodies at the scene, and he couldn't imagine how he'd be particularly useful, but there must be something he could do. As the squad captain, Biagini would have his hands full, but Dex had met a few of Biagini's people over the past few years. As he stepped out into the courtyard, he scrolled through the short list of his local contacts. Most of them were showing busy, but Jamie Aristo's name was illuminated in green. Dex had only met Jamie a few times, but they'd gotten along well enough. It would have to do. Dex! Jamie's voice sounded in Dex's ear. Everything all right where you are? Fine, Jamie. I was with Renee over at Liberté and we heard it go off. How about you? I only found out about it from the feeds. I was down the coast, but I'm on my way back now. Should be at Gardevee in ten minutes? Want to meet up? Dex smiled. Yeah, I don't know if we can be useful, but it's better than doing nothing. Amen to that. Dex recognized Jamie easily at the train station. They were unusually tall, with the slim build, youthful features, and clear skin of most people who lived off the nutritionally balanced supplements provided by the firms. Food bricks would never win any culinary awards, but they kept you alive, healthy, and young. At least until they didn't anymore. Dex waved and waited until recognition dawned on Jamie's face. They strode toward Dex and stuck out a hand for a firm shake. You're a detective on the M-City squad, right? Dex nodded as the two set off out of the train station. Any theories? Dex pursed his lips. Not really. From what I know, it could just be an accident. Jamie barked a short laugh. I'm no fan of coincidences, Dex. Neither am I, Dex said. But an accident would be the simplest explanation. Jamie grunted, and Dex wondered if he'd made a mistake in reaching out. Maybe, but after everything else that's been going on, it's hard to just accept this as an unrelated event. Wait a minute, Dex said, stopping in the middle of the sidewalk. What? Everything else? Of course, Jamie said with something approximating a smile appearing on their face. You're not Nice Squad. You won't see the dailies. You don't know. Know what? Jamie blinked rapidly a few times and then said, let me show you. A fraction of a second passed, then Dex felt the weight of a message hitting his system. He unfocused and opened up the link from Jamie. At first it reminded Dex of the usual reports from an urban squad. Shakedowns, petty theft, the odd spot of vandalism. Nothing he hadn't seen back in America when he was working the streets. But then he began to see it. The pattern. Usually this kind of crime was more or less random. 
Sure, the same people targeted the same areas, usually where they lived or worked. Small-scale stuff like this was usually confined to the areas the firms didn't monitor. The cheap, independent housing blocks, small bars and shops. But aside from those considerations, the pattern was more or less random. They were crimes of opportunity. This was different. The same targets were being hit over and over again, but with different events. One stim bar had their windows smashed one week, was graffitied the next, had a staff member harassed, and finally was robbed of their recycling. None of these were likely to be the work of the same thugs. The recycling theft alone screamed of the work of a desperate streeter. But that the bar was repeatedly hit was unusual. And this was happening all over, at dozens of different locations. This... Dex was having a hard time accepting the evidence before his eyes. This is organized. Targeted. Jamie, what am I looking at here? You know. Dex recognized the look of determination on Jamie's face. It worried him. You think this is a methodical intimidation campaign, Dex said. Like old-fashioned organized crime? Jamie shrugged. You could call it that. I'd call it terrorism. They sat at a small table in an out-of-the-way stim bar that Jamie chose. Dex had never been there before, but it was one of a few locations outside M-City which sported the red flower logo, so he assumed it would be a safe place to talk. Jamie ordered a stim cocktail, but Dex shook his head. "'You're straight-edge?' Jamie asked with no hint of judgment. "'Not quite,' Dex said, a smile sneaking out in spite of himself. "'Stims just aren't my particular poison.' "'Fair enough.' They were silent as Jamie's cocktail appeared, then waited for the server to disappear. So, Dex said, his voice low, you think it's political? I don't know about the motivation, Jamie said, a disgusted tone on the final word. Honestly, I hope not. This kind of thing doesn't help. It just makes everyone who speaks out against the system look bad. I get how a person could get frustrated at some corporation, but it's one thing to bust up a couple of windows, and it's another thing entirely to follow someone home from work, making it obvious you're doing it, scaring them half to death. And now this? Jamie shook their head, a flush of anger darkening their brown skin. Blowing shit up is some next-level scumbaggery. There's no motivation in the world that excuses this. Dex nodded. But why is often the first clue to who? Or do you already know who's behind it? Jamie shook their head. To be honest, not everyone on the squad thinks it's one group. That's my take, but there's no proof. Surely the douchebags doing the brickwork know who their bosses are. Jamie scowled and mumbled something into their cocktail. What's that? We haven't caught anyone yet. Dex was quiet for a moment. Your garden variety shit disturber wasn't a master criminal. Getting caught was a nearly foregone conclusion in the wake of something like a smash-and-grab. That the squad didn't have anyone was even more damning than the pattern. Dex could see it in Jamie's expression that he was only catching up to what they already knew. Shit. Exactly. You've been listening to Pixels and Flesh by M. Darusha Wayne. For more information about this and the other Anderson Dexter books, visit darusha.ca. Thanks for listening.